Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. A prestigious college in a small town on the American East Coast. A former monastery turned into a Christian dormitory. Male and female students inhabiting separate houses. It should be the safest place to get your education, were it not for the fact that some students are true monsters. John Becker playing Kylie, Jorin playing Morgana, and Monica playing Sam and Fuck Mary Kill, a Monster Hearts 2 game run by Tillman. Come join our Discord chat and please consider supporting Twin Cities by Night on Patreon. Before we get into NPCs, actually, we have to define your backstories. And I think I would like to start with you, Becker. For the Queen, your backstory is name three side characters who are members of your gang, gain a string on each. Maybe we can just go through them really quickly. And I think you gave me four, so um, I'm not sure what to do. <laughs> I thought about it and I, I listed all three four just in case someone was like no i like the idea of this other one but i've already knocked one out but her gang includes three people that we talked about the first one is jennifer cooper she's sassy a loud mouth and willing to get in people's faces and stab them if needed i imagine that jennifer is somebody that kylie brought with her from high school they're bffs forever (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Whereas her other two, she met them in college and has cultivated those relationships here. Megan Cole is the next one. She's one of those very serious on studying. She probably got here because of grants, but Kylie kind of reached out to Megan and has started to help Megan blossom into uh, like an actual person who wants to socialize with people. So Kylie's in a sense, like good good and a bad influence at the same time, just because of how Kylie is. And I was thinking for Megan, her idea would be to go down a law career down the line. And Kylie finds that very useful because, I mean, if she's going to be a politician, she's going to want some lawyers in her back pocket, you know, advising her on things that she should or shouldn't do. (laughs) And yeah or best ways to get around it, I should say. And then the last one is Ryan Reese. He's big into community service, really has a passion for cancer research, and is probably a pre-med major of some sort. But his, his family is very connected. So she probably was quasi aware of him growing up, or at least aware of the Reese name. And then once she put two and two together, she's like, oh, you're that Reese. Okay, I'm going to be friends with you. So th- so that is her gang. I don't really have too many descriptions for them yet. Um, That's fine. Okay. I mainly have one more question. Mm-hmm. It sounded to me like Jennifer would also live in this dormitory. Does that make sense to you? Oh, absolutely. Okay. What about the other two, though? Ryan would live in the dormitory given his connections and he probably comes from a more wealthy family as well. Maybe not as wealthy as Kylie because she'd be like that. And then Megan, if, if Megan is in the dorm is she's completely here on scholarships, 
I, I actually like the idea of her living off campus simply because it's cheaper to do that. Maybe with relatives because yeah, be extremely cheap. Mm -hmm. If she lives with relatives, then I can see her not having a job. But if she's living more on her own, I can kind of see her potentially also working at that coffee shop that we've talked about. I think you mentioned that she wasn't very social before you like hung out with her. Mm -hmm. That would make sense that she like stays with her grandma okay. and grandpa. So she doesn't Yay. really get to like go on parties as much, maybe. And was basically locked into this lifestyle. Uh, Kylie is slowly bringing Megan into having more fashion sense. Because I before it was like all those just kind of big baggy sweater vests, button up shirts, maybe a skirt and tights. And Kylie is like, ah, now girl, I got something for you to wear and brings out like a nice shirt skirt combo for her. So that's the gang. I do have other NPCs. Should I wait on those for the moment? Real quick. Mm -hmm. Again, of course, that's the gang. You can note all three names down and you have a string for each. So you can just make a, a one or like a dash next to them, whatever you prefer. Okay. Becca, I had one more question. Yeah. Is Ryan a friend or is Ryan a friend? So everyone's a friend. <laughs> If she needs to pull out that gun on him, she will, essentially. I know I didn't state this earlier, but she's her her orientation is basically does it help her achieve her goal? Then yes. Fair enough. Maybe read out your sex move. <laughs> the thing that happens when you have sex with someone. So the queen's sex move is when you have sex with someone, they gain the condition one of them. While the condition remains, they count as part of your gang. <laughs> so pretty useful. Mm -hmm. So the rest of your backstory is you find someone threatening, give them a string on you and you take a string on them. Now, I was trying to figure out whether this meant one of the player characters or an NPC. And it's kind of vague to me. You've already come up with an NPC, or we have together, so I think we'll just stick with that. So yeah, <laughs> introduce yeah. us to the other two or other one. <laughs> okay, so it's it's a definitely that duality threat fold. Kylie is sleeping with the dean of the college. He was is a good friend of her father. Part of the reason why she got so easily fast tracked into the school hardly looked at any of her stuff like she knew she was getting accepted to the school pretty much immediately i don't have a name for him yet but i do have that feel like he's that older gentleman who might have a history of doing this sort of thing with college students or i don't know what sounds more interesting guys that he has a history or this is the first time that kylie's doing this or the first time he's doing it with a student i'm fine with either and I generated names, so I beautiful um, would say he's called Edgar Irving. Okay, okay. So, you know what? I'm going to go with the, this is the first time that Edgar's doing this with a student. He's generally had a good rapport with the student body, but something about Kylie just drew him to her. Now, the person she finds threatening in all of this is actually Edgar's wife, mostly from the 
doesn't want to be found out because that could ruin her reputation here. But she finds having this connection very useful. Um, and she does, she does lean on him when she wants certain things done. She will go talk to him about it. So for her, I got the name Angela and he's the dean. And I thought it would be great if the couple like ran the college together. So she is head of treasury. How do you meet uh, Edgar discreetly? Oh, okay. That makes way more sense. I was like, are you asking how our characters first met? Discreetly? No, that's a good, good question. Because I haven't put any thought into it. It would actually probably be more during the day than not just because i imagine it's easier to be like oh no i just have a a meeting with the student body representative or one of the students and so just being able to have that it's true but what we're meeting about not really coming up or always kind of having a, a cover story for it but very rare rarely will they meet in the evening unless it's like really late at night Yeah, that sounds spicy. So, okay, you gain a string on all of your gang members. You take a string on Angela Irving, but she also takes a string on you. So next, I will move to Jorin for your backstory. You start the game with two sympathetic tokens. And again, it doesn't unfortunately specify whether it is NPCs or player characters. The interesting thing in the rulebook is at this point, NPCs aren't really established. So I'm following a step-by-step -step guide. So I don't think it is NPCs. So I assume you just get a sympathetic token on each of the other players. That would be super interesting because my the way I get sympathetic tokens is my sex move. Uh, you That can get them other ways. Yeah, if somebody just willingly gives me an item of personal significance, you mean? Yeah. Because a sympathetic token is you gain power from a sympathetic token, items of personal significance taken from others. Oh, yeah. So the only difference with the sex move is you can take a sympathetic token, they know about it, and it's cool. Whereas normally people might not know about it. And they yeah, might not the be cool with it. <laughs> Especially that. Okay. So yeah, just double checked in the list at this point, you don't have NPCs established. So to me, the only thing that makes sense is having a sympathetic token from Kylie and one from Sam. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, Kylie, what would you have given Morgana in passing or like as a birthday gift or something like that? Or welcoming um, gift? Totally. I'm just going to say this thought, but I, I do like the connection obviously being between Kylie and Morgana. I, I was thinking, given how I set up one of my gang members, the two of them, Megan and Morgana, could be connected that way. So if that's something you're interested in, there's an idea. But otherwise, given what I know about Kylie, she probably would have gifted you a very, very nice, expensive necklace that matches your style. So it's it's black stones with maybe the gold or silver frame to it, if that makes sense. And this would have been part of Kylie's, what she brought with her to school. So she, she has worn it. She has a personal connection with it, but went, you know what? I think this would fit better on you. 
I think uh, there is a second part to my background, and I think it would be really cool to use Megan for that and then take this one as the sympathetic token. I'm down for it. Yeah, I preferred as well if the sympathetic tokens came from player characters because that makes their life not boring. <laughs> so Sam, um, what did you give to Morgana or maybe did Morgana take something from you and you were like, I don't care? <laughs> I would think Sam is the type where gift giving is kind of a chore unless he either really vibes well with you or he sees you as a pity case that has to be saved. So I would think with Morgana, knowing that she likes art, he would have physically taken her to, you know, a high-end art store and had told her that, you know, hey, you know, you're around, you're the new kid, just pick whatever you want and I'll buy it for you kind of thing. Kind of like daddy's holding the credit card, get whatever your heart desires and I'll pay for it. Smooth. Definitely. So then she would have picked the smallest painting in the entire gallery because it stood out because it was small. There was a big wall with just the tiniest, tiniest painting on it, like even smaller than A4. I think it's like somewhere between A4 and A5 size of a painting. And it is very much in line with what she likes because it depicts a black cat and a black dog next to each other. All right. So as we said earlier, these give you power to cast hexes against the other two. But you already mentioned you have an idea for the last part of your background. Yeah, true. Because the last part of my background reads, one of the others caught you rummaging through their friend's stuff but hasn't said anything and they get a string on you. So I thought, well, the person who has a lot of friends is Kylie. So for me, it would make sense that for some reason I was looking for a piece of homework or whatever. And Kylie caught me with my hands in the back of, of one of her friends. Yeah, probably Megan, the, the bookworm. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And it makes sense to me that Kylie didn't say anything and she just keeps that knowledge in, in her little purse. Yeah, exactly. So that would mean that Kylie gets a string on me. So this would be an additional string to the one. Okay, cool. Which once again makes it not boring because that is the person that I would least want to have strings on me. And she has two. Actually, it's always a good idea in this game to give someone strings. It just makes the game more interesting. So then we have Sam. As a werewolf, your backstory is you lack subtlety. Give a string to everyone. And again, I decide everyone is every player character. So Kylie and Kimberly, you both gain a string. But um, Sam, what is the subtlety that you lack? What happened that everyone gains a string on you? Good question. I would say... The one thing with Sam is that he wears his emotions on his sleeve. So if Sam is angry with you, you know it. If he's bored with what you're saying, he'll tell you. He's kind of that jackass that you're really excited talking about your hobby and he'll just put his finger to your lips and say, shh, that's enough. You're just boring the fuck out of me. So I would imagine that's given him a bit of a reputation for being a bit of an asshole. 
And in the times where he's had to hold that in for the sake of being polite to higher ups or people he's getting funding from, et cetera, I could see him having frenzied into his darkest self and somebody had seen it and maybe told the whole school. Ooh, the whole school, but... Mm. Or um, I would think maybe, to be more specific, one of Kylie's crew saw such a thing. And that's kind of, aside from being Kylie's friend, just because they're two hoity-toity, mean-spirited people that just kind of vibe well, I think he knows that if she wanted to, she could ruin him. So he tries to stay on her good side. And I would imagine that the girl that found out would also be friends with Morgana. And so that's a way that she has a string on him too. We can say it was Jennifer, the slightly crazy one, and nobody believes her, except for these two. Sounds good. <laughs> so then further in your backstory, it says, you've spent weeks watching someone from a distance. Their scent and mannerisms are unmistakable to you now. Gain two strings on them. Who have you been stalking? That's a tough one. Well, it wouldn't make sense that I would stalk Kylie because we're besties. So I guess that leaves Morgana, although why I'm stalking her, that part I haven't figured out. Well, we did discuss before that Morgana is, well, outside of recording, we discussed that Morgana is relatively cold and is very much also in team, I shut you down. You don't talk to me like that. Also, just please stop talking. So I think that may have sparked something in Sam where he's like, ooh, ooh, you you vibe on the same levels as I do, maybe? Oh, you just reminded me. Yes. So something that Tillman and I had discussed is Sam's relationship history. So the reason that Sam is kind of a brooding sad boy who doesn't want to deal with women is because of a young lady affectionately nicknamed Charlotte the Harlot, who he fell madly in love with and dated all throughout high school. He thought she was the one, capital T, capital O. And then when he brought it up to his parents that he was going to propose to her, you know, when they graduated high school, they were all for it. You know, she came from a good family name. She She's older than him. Uh, you know, she had her own place in an orchestra, well-established. Well, uh, it turns out Charlotte did not feel the same. And when she found out Sam was going to propose to her, she made sure that when Sam came over to propose, she was in bed with one of his friends. Charlotte had a similar personality to Morgana, just very cold and will shut you down, everything is on her terms sort of things. And she was a bit dark and twisty to boot. So I can see Sam being a sucker for punishment, having that as his type. So I would see that as the reason as to why Morgana, maybe after one interaction with her, he sees the similarities. And the more he sees her maybe in classes, it's kind of like a building obsession. So you gain two strings on Morgana. How much longer do you want to keep going? Because I'm not sure we're going to get through the entire NPC part in half an hour. Is that pretty much all that's left? Yes. Yeah, I think aside from my moves, that would be everything. 
yeah, we can instead talk about moves a little bit that would probably fill the half an hour and then just do the NPCs uh, before we start playing. In fact, I think it makes sense because then we have the NPCs established in our minds and we can jump into like a party scene is what I had planned where you like interact with people yes. and the game starts for real. Is that cool? Whoop, whoop. Yeah, yes. that works for me. I like it. Okay, then... There are a couple more things we have to discuss on the character sheets. You have already picked your stats. You can see there are two lines where you accumulate harm and experience. Harm is, well, you basically lose health points by being attacked. And I think if you fill out all four of these triangles, you are dead. There are ways around that. Sometimes death is not uh, that bad. <laughs> but yeah. Watch out, you You are not fighters. There's no real fighting system. When you fail at a role, you gain an experience point. And if you have five, you level up. And when that happens, we discuss how that works. You had a question, Becca? So the the harm that's the basically comes from the move lash out physically? Exactly. So it could be as simple as somebody slas, slaps Kylie across the face, and that's a harm? Or... Is it typically more intense than that? No, not really. Monster Hearts defines this as not just being violent, but also being, well, how do I say it? Well, just being very mean. <laughs> so the harm isn't just physical, but it is also emotional. So if your formerly best friend forever attacks you, uh, and pushes you into a ditch or down the slippery icy street, you don't just get bruised, but, well, part of you uh, dies in a way. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. So it's it's more about that drama. And yes. I, as soon as you described that, I'm like, I could totally see Jen, you know, pushing her down that icy hill, hoping that a car will hit her. And then at the last moment, somebody saves her, she gets up or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, that's very soap opera-y. I love it. Yeah, you can also use strings to immediately cause one harm if you ever want to do that. I don't think I have seen it being played out, honestly. Yeah, so that would be another question that I have is, so say I take a harm, does that affect my character other than just role play? I know it's not a very mechanic-heavy system, but is is it reflected at all in the mechanics? I don't think it usually is. Basically, you are hurt. And you should get medical treatment of some sort. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, because uh, you can't take, you can't tank harm. <laughs> There's not that much uh, that you can withstand. But yeah, I think this will, we'll, we'll establish that when it comes up. Uh, just uh, keep track of that as with your strings, either on the sheet itself, if you have it printed out or like in a separate text file or whatever, whichever you find easier. But then one move that we have to talk about is staring into the abyss. It is related to your dark stat. And basically it allows you to have a vision that me, the storyteller, describes to you that tells you something about the story. You can ask me a question about characters, about events, about something that is on your character's mind. And staring into the abyss usually means you have some sort of ritual or you do something special that is related to your monster's identity. 
So I think the easiest is probably if we start with Morgana, what kind of ritual do you have to stare into the abyss? Yeah, so she has a tapestry on her wall that she will lay out on her floor. She will put, she will make sure that there's a clear open space in the middle of her room, light up some candles all around, dim any electronic lights, have a bowl of water that she uh, that she put out under moonlight, so it's purified in that way. And she will she will put on, but that's mostly for herself. She will put up on some some soothing music, put light some incense, and then she will just not just start meditating, but she will sit crisscross applesauce, move in small circles, and start chanting. Yeah, start chanting to whatever she like to the abyss and will in her chant also include what it is that she wants to know. So it is an entire room filling ritual. It's also something she cannot do. She cannot just throw her her thing on the ground, just sit in the park. No, it needs to be the proper space. I like that a lot. The game doesn't specify it particularly. But I think it makes the role much more fun if there's like a an action related to it. Uh, Sam, what do you do to stare into the abyss? Do you need to be a wolf to to do so, for example? For Sam, I'm envisioning something that's uncharacteristic to him. Sam is very primp and proper. He likes to be very clean and well manicured. So I'm thinking in order to stare into the abyss, he would need to be out in nature, probably at night when the moon is visible, so anytime other than a new moon. And I'm thinking something where he needs to either be completely in the nude or at least be barefoot so he's in contact with the earth and have to kind of commune with nature. So something like sitting under a tree and just meditating, imagining that his body is part of the earth, which is part of the tree, et cetera, just kind of feeling that universal oneness and that would be his move you become one with the forest yes you ask for for advice that's great yes so kylie what is your your move to stare into the abyss and i personally would find yours particularly challenging but maybe you have a good idea well that's that's exactly what i was having issues with just looking over all the moves and because essentially the way that Kylie is set up she's mortal so it's like there's not really too too much but um yeah it just it so it just came to me Kylie has to be in a place that she finds to be of power so for instance that would probably be the room where we do the student council stuff um the way that she would look at it is okay I'm trying to plan my next moves and so she just kind of goes into a state where she doesn't want to be bothered, but perhaps at least one of her gang members needs to be around to be that supportive help. Cause that, I mean, to me, it makes sense because that's where she's getting her power from. So to have one or all of them there would be useful. And, you know, it could take anywhere from five minutes to a couple hours long because she's just sitting there thinking. Nice, I like it. Yeah, it fits that visionary aspect that you like talk to someone about what you know to be true but can't really put into words. 
what they have to do, what you have to do, maybe. So one more thing on the right side of your character sheet, you have moves and let's start with the witch again because I have it open. You automatically have sympathetic token. We explained those and hex casting, but you can choose two of the hexes that are listed there. Which ones are your starting moves? So my starting moves are a little bit scary. It's Wither and Ring of Lies. So Wither is the Hex loses all of their hair or their teeth are start falling out or their period arrives unexpectedly and heavily or their skin gets all sickly yellow and spotty. Whatever the specifics, it's bad. And Ring of Lies is whenever the person attempts to lie, they hear a piercing ringing noise. Big lies will often make their knees buckle and disorient them. Severe lies can cause harm or even brain damage. Damn. <laughs> I didn't realize until now that Wither contains two of our uh, veils, at least. Yeah, I don't have to pick those. Yeah. And otherwise, we don't have to go into detail about them. For instance, my veil, if I just say, you know, your teeth start falling out, that is fine. That's why it's a veil and not a line. Okay. I mean, I completely trust you with that. And we can always discuss what happens in the group as well. So uh, I don't see it as some something that you would force on another one. So we can come up with something together. Let's move to Sam, because I only have to scroll up one page. You can choose two of the moves listed there freely. Which ones have you picked? I went with heightened senses, which is when you rely on your animal instincts to make sense of a charged situation, roll with dark on a 10 up, ask the MC three questions from below and take one forward. On seven to nine, ask one question from below and take one forward. And the questions are, where's my best escape route or way in? Which enemy is the most vulnerable to me? What is their secret weakness? What poses the biggest threat to me? Who is in control here? And now I'm kind of second guessing my second one. I had chosen primal dominance, which is when you harm someone, take a string on them. But now after learning about the harm, I'm not so sure that would be a good one. So I think I'm going to go with spirit armor. When bast in moonlight, any harm that you suffer is reduced by one and you add two to all rolls to keep your cool. That actually sounds really good. So only walk around at night. <laughs> Checks out. Okay, that leaves us with Kylie. I think one of your preset moves is that you have the click, which we already established, but you can pick one more. And which one have you chosen? The, the one caveat to the click is that there's a several different ones to choose from, and I'm pretty sure I'm going with they're connected. That's the only one to me that makes the most sense out of that grouping for the click. So. How does that play out in your head? Like, what does it mean? Are they all good friends, basically? Or So I, I see it in the connection of what Kylie wants, that, that putting this person here so that they can influence the people around them so that I can then get what I want. Does that make sense? So they are connected through your power-hungry vision. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think we can work with that. Okay. You have your fingers in all kinds of areas of this city, of this college, through your click. Yeah, that was the intent. 
Uh, and then the other ability that I chose was bot loyalty. So I can give a side character a string on me to tempt them to do my bidding. The MC will tell you what sort of bribe, threat, or coaxing it'll take to get that character to do what you want right now. So as being somebody who's, I see her willing to trade favors, essentially, that um, that just really makes the most sense to go for that move. Yeah, I think that that's powerful. <laughs> Especially since you will be near some very powerful NPCs. And I think for now, that's a good point to end. As I said earlier, we will discuss NPCs next time, and then we can jump into the game pretty much immediately, which has upsides. Are you enjoying the content that we put out? Then please leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We love to see the feedback, and it really helps us reach new listeners every day.